For those who are counting, that is two technical glitches tonight. <clears throat> so tonight we close out Missions Month. Um, the committee has had uh, a great year. We have enjoyed fellowship together in this time of the month. Um, just so that you guys know, we typically meet uh, once a quarter, but during Missions Month and our missionaries are here, we have the opportunity to meet weekly um, here at the building with our missionaries. Um, so tonight we close out with Kirk Eason. He is the Director of Development from Southern Africa Bible College. Westside has supported um, the Bible College there in South Africa since um, Tex and Mary Jane. So we still fund the Tex and Mary Jane Scholarship, and, and we've supported multiple students um, each year since, I think you said, 2014. So nine years, almost ten years now. Um, we've worked with Kirk and team. So, Kirk, we look forward to it. Come preach the word, brother. I've got videos so we can count on technical glitches three and four in just a few minutes, I'm sure. I'm sure. It is great to be with you. It's always a pleasure being here. I get to travel around and, and speak to congregations and talk about Southern Africa Bible College um, for the last uh, 13 years. And there are some congregations that I uh, go to, and there are some congregations that feel like home. And this is one of those congregations. I appreciate the friendships that I have here and the support that you give and your partnership in this effort. But let's talk about the school for a minute because we also want to look at ourselves a little bit and think about uh, ourselves. So this is a question I have for you. Typically when I do this in a Bible class, I ask this question, and I'll share with you the responses that I get most of the time. So what is a successful mission effort? You've been thinking about that all month, and you've been hearing great reports about mission efforts around the world that you're involved with. And so what in your mind makes a great mission effort or a successful mission effort? Well, one, I would say one that holds up Jesus Christ as Lord and preaches the gospel of Jesus Christ to people and, and spreads the word, plants the seed, scatters the seed, however you want to say it. it one, it's one that is talking about Jesus to the local people and getting the word out there, right? Well, also, one, you want to be helping mature those people that come to Christ, you don't want to just go into a place and have a whole lot of baptisms and teach the gospel to all these people and then they, you baptize a thousand people and then there's no follow-up. There's no backup. There's no continuing growth. So it's got to be one that not only teaches and preaches the Word of God, but it helps those Christians grow and mature, and it plants churches. you got to get them organized and get them worshiping God together and get them... Uh, reproducing. You want to get local leadership in those churches, and then you want to have financial support from those Christians to help support the ministries in that congregation. But then you also, you don't want to just be dependent on Americans all the time going over there and having to preach the gospel. You want them out teaching and preaching the gospel, right? And you want them serving the needs of the local community. If there's the poor and the hungry and the needy, you want them to see those needs and identify them and work to solve them. Well, thank you for your partnership with Southern Africa Bible College. Because in my mind, maybe you'll come up with some more and you can tell me afterwards, but in my mind, Southern Africa Bible College is doing all these things. It's been around for 57 years. I've only been involved with it 13, so... I'm not taking any credit for this. 
by way of history, just to make sure we're on the same page, Southern Africa Bible College, or SABS, as you'll hear it called, started in 1966 under this tree. It's a chestnut tree that's still on campus today. Seven people got together, and they had a huge vision. They said, how are we going to reach all of Southern Africa with the gospel? Now, let's put that in perspective. That's like seven of us getting together and saying, okay, how are we going to reach the western half of the U.S. with the gospel? It's a lot of land and a lot of people. And so they started Southern Africa Bible School at the time in Benoni, South Africa. The reason the school is in Benoni, South Africa is that's where Tex Williams was preaching before he came back to the States. That's why we still have the Tex and Mary Jane Williams Scholarship Fund. But in this big vision that they had, this bold vision that they had, you could think, well, you know, what could they really accomplish? Well, we look back 57 years, and we've had over 1,600 attendees from 30 different countries who are now preaching, teaching, evangelizing, and leading in over 50 countries around the world. So if you go to Scotland, you'll find some graduates. If you go to New Zealand, you'll find some of our graduates. If you go to North Africa, you'll find some of our graduates. Most of them are in Southern Africa, but they are all over the place. If you go to uh, oh, I just lost the name of the town. It's a town south of Dallas. You'll find one of our graduates. I can't remember the name. It just escaped me. Uh, Rio Dosa, New Mexico has one of our graduates. They're everywhere, I'm telling you. We have a 22-acre campus with dorms for men and women, married student housing, faculty housing, a library to go along with our accreditation because we've been an accredited college for 23 years offering a bachelor's degree in theology that benefits our students in in ways personally as well as in the church, okay? Um, but let me not just talk the whole time. Let me let you hear from a couple of students, okay? Uh, by way of time, we'll see how it goes. This is Stanley. Stanley is from Vinda. That's the northeastern part of South Africa. Um, he grew up in a congregation that today has about 800 in attendance on a Sunday morning. They've planted 65 other churches in their area. And what they do is if somebody shows promise in their church, they'll send them to SABS for three years. And when they graduate, they bring them back and set them up, try to set them up with a job, and then they plant a new church. And so there's over 65 churches of Christ in that area using that method. And Stanley, uh, in this interview... He didn't know what he was going to be doing when he graduated, okay? Keep that in mind. Nobody had told him anything about a job or anything when he gets back. Um, and then at the end, Stanley will thank the Fifth Ward Church of Christ and the Champions Church of Christ in Houston because those are the two churches that combine to support him. And I'm, we might have time to hear from one of your students uh, before we get done. Stanley's English is not great. Uh, so if you have questions afterwards, let me know, and I'll help you uh, interpret what he has to say. I'm Stanley. Yeah, I'm from from Venda. I congregate my home congregation is Chidimbini Church of Christ. Uh, I'm doing my third year. Then I was preaching. You know, they used to give me opportunity to teach. Then I felt like I need to know more about the Word of God. That's why I was like, no, let me go to, to, to Bible College and learn more about this. So that's the reason, the first reason. I want to preach the Word of God with confidence. 
because yeah, if you don't know what you're talking about, you, you can't have that confidence. So that's the fair thing. Yeah, um, I'm not sure if they will hire me as a full-time preacher, but even if they don't, I'm not going to stop to preach the word of God. I can do evangelism, I can help here and then. then uh, basically, I'm going to teach, I'm going to preach the word of God with this knowledge I have while I'm doing my, my studies. So, yeah, I, I, there's something that I, des I develop some interest in teaching because this degree can help, can help you. After this degree, you can go and apply for teaching. Do maybe one year or two years there because you have this degree. So yeah, I'm planning also to, I'm not sure if I'm going ahead, but yeah, I'm planning to go and learn teaching so that I can make some money. Yeah, I think that's it. I just want to thank these brothers, these brethren from, from overseas champions and, and fifth ward. I, I, I pray every day that uh, God bless this, this brethren abundantly because what they are doing, I've never experienced such love. They don't know me, but they make sure that they support me every, 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 every month. So, yeah, I, I thank you. <laughs> I thank you, uh, brethren from Fifth uh, Ward and Champion Church of Christ. So, yeah, that's what I can say. <laughs> so English is probably one of three or four languages that he speaks, and he speaks it very soft-spoken. I, I understand that when he preaches in Venda, he's really preaching, right? But in English, he's a little timid. But a couple of things about what he says is, this is what I hear from every student I've ever interviewed. Why did you come to Southern Africa Bible College? Because I want to know God. I want to know his word. I want to be able to teach it to others. That's it. You've given up three years of your life to learn the scripture, ministry, counseling, public speaking, uh, all kinds of stuff that will equip you to go out and preach and teach and evangelize in your hometown and community. That is the number one reason that our students come to the school. And then he says, I don't know what I'm going to do when I graduate, right? It's not, he's not coming there because he knows for sure he's going to get a full-time job. Matter of fact, he says, I'm going to study teaching. Because, because when he gets an accredited bachelor's degree in theology with us, he can go for one year to a secular university and become a teacher. And he can earn his living that way while preaching, teaching, evangelizing on the side. But I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what I'm going to be doing. All I know is I can preach the gospel. That's all that matters. Now, having said that, we have since learned that that 800-member congregation has hired him to be their full-time preacher. So he's going to be the one that preaches for them. So we're really excited about what he, what he has, his future, uh, ahead of him. But then also, you'll note that he says thank you. I mean, he thanks the supporters. They send quarterly reports to the congregations that support them and the individuals that support them. So you can see uh, John Gonzalez or Josh Need or somebody on the missions committee, and you can see uh, reports from your students and just learn about their life and learn uh, what they're doing, what they're experiencing at any given part of the year. They send four a year. Um, this is one of your uh, sponsored students, Tato. Tato, I'm just going to tell about him briefly because we, I've got some other videos I want you to see. 
Uh, but Tato graduated with a diploma, a two-year degree from us, a few years ago. And he started working full-time for a church in Timbisa, which is near Johannesburg. And he was working as a youth minister and doing very well there and converted several people, got them involved in the church. And matter of fact, some of the people, at least two of our current students, are people that he converted a few years ago as a youth minister when they were in high school, right? And so now they're at the school as well and learning. Um, but Tato has also written a book. He wants to be in counseling. Uh, and uh, I can actually get you a copy of that book, John, if you want a copy of that book to, to share with people and see what, uh, what your graduate is accomplishing. Uh, but now he's married. He's a little older. He's doing one year with us now to finish up his bachelor's degree. And uh, he and his wife live on campus. And he has the distinction of being our first student recruiter in 57 years. So uh, he's really uh, blazing new trails for us, and we're really excited about what he's doing. Uh, I'm going to let you just hear just his introduction, what he goes on to say in this video, and I'd be happy to send it to any of you uh, afterwards, but uh, is talking about the importance of, of American support and what they're doing. Hi, my name is Mervin Tatumaaha. I am 29 years old, and I just got recently married to my beautiful wife, Kumoto. Moshasha now Ma'aha, and I'm a third year student at the Southern Africa Bible College. I used to serve as a youth minister and evangelist and an evangelist in Tembisa Church of Christ. And now I'm here at the Bible College to further uh, my studies. Okay, that's all you get. If you want the full video, I'll be happy to email it to you. There's a sign up list back there in the back. Um, and, uh, and I'll send it to you. But he's incredible, doing incredible work already and is a great leader for the church there. But I wanted to move on because I'm excited about this story. So this is a gentleman who at 60 years old retired from the diamond industry and said, I have been blessed by God. What can I do to give back? And so at 60 years old, he came to Southern Africa Bible College to study. And he had been worshiping with a congregation in Soweto, uh, called the Shiawela Congregation. And it had about 100 members. And it had been around for a lot of years. Had really no connection to Southern Africa Bible College, but they had been established by other people and just didn't have a connection there. But when he started coming, he started getting the students involved in the work going on in Shiawela. And then they hired one of our graduates to be their first full-time preacher. And after 40, 50 years... The congregation grew from 100 to 200 in less than a year because you had somebody there working full-time. That is not always the case. I don't want to tell you every congregation does that. It doesn't. It's a unique case. But then a few years later, they appointed their first elders. And then a few years later, they appointed their first deacons. And so I wanted to sit down with him, who is one of the elders there at this congregation now, and hear what he had to say about Southern Africa Bible College. But honestly speaking, if you, if you do have a congregation without somebody from SAPS, from the Bible College, you better think twice or more because you will never succeed. I've got, I've got the experience before and after from Chawela because I, was, I congregated there since I get baptized. I would, there was no one from the Bible College. After that, 
because you'll be working more harder, because you know you have a knowledge now of the Bible from the college, your increase, it will be more than 60% or 100%. Because you have knowledge, and again, you're not going to um, you know, spend time arguing with the people. It's not necessary for you, because you now you know. You know, you got a knowledge from the, from the Bible. I, I would really say, please, if there's a brother in there outside in South Africa, let's encourage more people to come to the Bible College because that's our future. I don't know if the sound is the same up here. Is it loud enough for you to hear out there? Okay, good. Um, but to me, as someone who has dedicated the last 13 years to raising funds for this work, that means something to me. That someone who has seen this, has experienced it, says this is our future. You see, we have a problem in South Africa, in Southern Africa, and many parts of the world, really. And the problem is, is that people are receptive to the gospel. Why is that a problem? Well, the problem is, is if you don't have people there to preach, teach, evangelize, and lead and get the gospel to them, they end up searching for meaning and purpose in something else instead of in the one true God. So having said that, um, how many American missionaries do we have in South Africa? Does anyone in here know of an American missionary in South Africa? I know of one, and he's retiring. Who is going to reach these people? Who is going to take the gospel to these people if it's not the locals? If it's not the people from that hometown and that country standing up and saying, here am I, send me, I want to preach the gospel. I want to teach. So I'm really excited about what the school is doing. And I hope that you are too. So thank you for your support of it. And thank you for your partnership. But I want you to know more than that, the funds that you send are impacting lives. So I ask at the beginning, what is a successful mission effort? What does it take to have a successful mission effort? And there's one answer to that. It takes you. Wait a minute, what? We're sitting 10,000 miles away from Johannesburg, and you're telling me that I can make this successful? Yeah. It takes us to help make it successful. God is going to provide the increase, but it takes us working. So here I'm going to give you five things to do. You've heard about mission efforts this month. You've, you've talked about mission efforts this month. Here's my challenge to each one of you individually. I'm not talking to the church. I'm not talking to the mission committee. I'm talking to you from the youngest up to the oldest, right? Here's number one. Of all these mission efforts that you've heard about, or maybe some others that you haven't talked about this month, find one. Find one that you have a passion for and connect to it. For us, it's signing up for an email newsletter on that table or scanning the QR code and signing up. We send out one monthly email uh, with videos like you've seen and information about what's going on around campus. 
But whatever mission effort you choose, connect to that mission effort. Right? Want to know what is going on. I also have some old newsletters back in the back. We've got a brand new printed newsletter coming out in the next couple of days. Um, so you can sign up for those as well. Find a mission effort that you have a passion for and connect to it. If you do this as young people right now, and you look back on your life at 88, 90 years old, and you go, I know for a fact God has done something with my life because I supported this mission effort in these different ways. And I know God has done good things. So if you want to look back at 90 years old on your life and go not have to wonder if God has done something with your life, here's my challenge to you, right? Connect to a mission effort. Find one that you have a passion for. Two, pray for that mission effort on a regular basis. You pray for mission efforts every October, right? Do you pray for them in December, January, February? Do you pray for them on a regular basis? Pray for it. Connect to a mission effort Pray for it regularly. When you get that monthly email newsletter from us or whoever it is, pray for that mission effort. I've got a way to help you out. If Southern Africa Bible College is the one you want to pray for, there's notepads back in the back. I've got a full box. I do not want to carry them home. Okay? Take as many as you want. There's just one catch. Every time you use it, pray for Southern Africa Bible College. All right? That will keep you praying for it on a regular basis. So whatever mission effort you have a passion for, connect to it, pray for it, and yes, support it. Support it. Put, give money to the church to support it. Give money to the missionaries. Whatever it is, support the mission effort with your time and your talents and your treasure. If you're doing that, then... I know you have buy-in. I know you're praying for it. I know you're connected to it because you are committed to it in those different ways. Find a way to support it in, in various ways. Uh, for us, we have a campaign going on. It's not a $100,000 goal. We've already reached that goal in June. We've got a $150,000 goal to remodel our dorms that uh, uh, we're about $120,000 into. And if you want information about that, I would love to talk to you about that. But that's just a picture of the dorm rooms. Some on campus, um, but we want to get through that. One of the best ways you can use your, your, your talents and your time to, to support a mission effort is by introducing it to others. And several in here have done that, have been very gracious about introducing us to other people and helping us find support in other places. If I call up a church or some individual, I, I have a 5% chance of getting a call back. If you call them up and say, hey, meet Kirk, I've got a 15% chance of getting a call back. It's going to go up a little bit, but it's going to help. So find a mission effort that you have a passion for. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day. He supports a, a preacher in Africa, and he's been to visit him several times, and he does this individually by himself. And, and he's like, well, I've been supporting him so long, and the kids are growing up. They're going to college. I want to keep him. I want to support him through this, but it's just taking everything I've got to do it. And I said, wait a minute. Who have you told about it? I haven't told anybody. You're getting meaning and purpose in life and finding joy and supporting this good work and knowing it's doing amazing things and bringing people to Christ, and you're not telling anybody about it? Maybe that's our problem in the church. Tell somebody about it. Introduce it to others. And then finally, go visit it. 
go visit it. If you can't go see it for yourself, be a part of sending someone that you trust to go see it. Don't just believe me. I'm a good guy. I'm a great guy, as a matter of fact. I mean, ask my mom. Um, that's double-edged sword. She's not remembering much these days, so <laughs> she thinks I'm better than I was. Um, but send somebody that you trust to go see it firsthand and tell you about it. Um, oh, that's go back. Um, we have a trip, and I think I might have a video about this in a minute, or a, a slide, but we have a trip April 11th through the 23rd. We go and we do Bible teachers workshops because churches are growing so fast. They've got all these new kids in class and new Christians that don't know how to teach kids, and we teach them how to teach kids in class on Sunday morning. And we do church leaders workshops because, again, we've got new elderships, new church leaders that have never seen a church being led, and so they don't know what to do. And, and so we do work with them as well. So April 11th through the 23rd, we'd love to have you go with us. Um, Sharon Jackson from the Eastside Congregation is here with us this, mor- uh, this evening, and she coordinates the children's classes for that workshop. So if you have any questions, she's been there several times, uh, she can answer those questions and and you don't have to talk to me, all right? But I want you to hear a few thank yous uh, from people. So here's a thank you from the students. We are the students of the Southern Africa Bible College. And we are excited to share a slice of our journey with you. This isn't about just Bible education, it's about the transformation of the heart, mind, lives. The teachings we have received have allowed us to dive deep into the wisdom of the Bible. To understand the message, to study, to reflect, and to grow in our faith. We're not just students here, we are being equipped to become preachers, leaders, and messengers of hope. The provisions that you have made available for us have not only given us an opportunity to have an education, but also to experience a transformation. Beyond the classroom, we have learned the power of compassion and the importance of reaching out to those who are in need. Our experiences have empowered us to believe in ourselves. To dream big and work hard to make those dreams a reality. In the walls of this college, we don't just pursue education. We seek God's wisdom, His truth, and His purpose for our lives. Your generous contribution have transformed this classroom into places of learning. Guiding us towards a much deeper understanding of His eternal word. We are not just students, we are disciples on a mission and the dream of this college. Which is to expand this church across Africa, resonates within each of us. Your support enables us to become the vessels of His love compassion and truth. Reaching out to our communities to spread the gospel to those who desperately need it. With hearts overflowing with gratitude, we thank you, our esteemed donors, for your unwavering support. Your faith in God's plan and your commitment to his word propelled us forward. Together, as fellow laborers in his vineyard, we are sowing seeds of transformation that will blossom for generations. May God bless you abundantly and may his grace continue to guide you as we strive to fulfill the divine purpose of sex. We stand united in our mission to expand his church, bring hope to the lost, and glorify his name in all that we do. So you got to see most of the students in that one and then hear their appreciation and understand their mission. What they see is expanding the church and growing the kingdom in Southern Africa. So what we've done is you've heard a little history. You've met a student You've met a church leader and a church that's been impacted by it. You've been challenged individually to get involved with missions. Just find one, one mission. Uh, 
I was at the Brown Street Church of Christ in Waxahachie last week, and it was a special visit for me because I got to meet a nine-year-old girl who a few years ago during COVID wrote us a note saying thank you for the work that you do in mission efforts. And did that, wrote several people notes of encouragement. And to have a heart that thinks about and prays for and considers what is going on in other parts of the world enough to write a note, I think is invaluable. So you've been challenged in that way, but I also want you to see the results. Because we talk about what a successful mission effort is, it's one that impacts generations, right? Now, this is going to be loud, by the way, so you might turn it down a little bit. This is at that Chittimbini uh, Church of Christ that has about 800 in attendance, and this is their Bible class on Sunday morning. amazing to walk down this dirt road going uh, from a bus wouldn't make it down to the to the, where the church was walking down this dirt road and seeing just kid after kid after kid child after child walking this dirt road to show up for bible class on sunday morning it was an amazing experience but then also we visited the noah's ark ministry which ministers to poor kids in a squatter camp and and to the, see the poorest of the poor singing about looking for God in everything around you. Look at the mountains, look at the sea, take your time, and just look around, and just look around, begging in the So, April 24th, come with us. You get to hang out on campus. Staying in the dorms is a great experience. That is a little sarcasm. Um, but but it actually, in a survey I sent to the group afterwards, they did say, we want to stay in the dorms. That was a great experience because you get to visit and interact with the students, um, worship at local congregations, go on an overnight safari, and this is the group that went, uh, went last year. Um, I'm almost out of time. In Ephesians chapter 3, Paul tells them, Now to him who is able to do, to Jesus, to God, who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be glory power in the kingdom forever and ever, right? Now, that's a challenging verse for me, right? I, I don't know about you, it's a challenging verse for me because it's easy to talk about what God can do by himself because we know that he can create the universe in spoken word. He can part the Red Sea. He can bring down walls around Jericho in an impenetrable city. He can work throughout time and history to bring about our salvation in Jesus Christ. Matter of fact, let me ask you this. How many of you believe that God has worked throughout time and history to bring about our salvation in Jesus Christ? Say amen. 
Amen. How many of you believe that God has worked in your life by sending people into your life to teach you, to train you, to mold you, to shape you, to draw you closer to him and work to bring you to the point of faith that you're at right now? Say amen. Okay, so if we believe that God has worked from the beginning of time, from before time began, and he has also worked in your life, why did he stop now? If we believe that our God is powerful and working in this world, then we've got to believe that when we walk out these doors, he is working among the people that you come into contact with. Your neighbor, he's working in his life, her life, trying to draw them to him. He wants them to be his children. And all he's asking you and me to do is to go out and speak a word, to stand up for Jesus, to share a cup of water, to give blessings, love, care, to those people around us. We can look at the world and we can say, no, nah, it's horrible. The world is horrible. It's going all different ways. We can look at social media, whatever it is you want to look at. And that's all fine. That could be very, argue, we could argue that case. But when you look into the lives of the people you come into contact with every day, God is working in there. How are we to partner? So the challenge today is not just to find a mission effort thousands of miles away to connect to and to pray for and to uh, support and to tell others about. The challenge is also to find someone in your life to connect with and to pray for and to care for and to support and to take the gospel to them. Because our God is not working off just by himself. That verse, Paul says, his power that is at work within us, within you, within me. It's easy to think he's doing great things by himself. It's harder to say he's going to work through me to do great things. That's what Paul is telling us. God will work through you to change the world, whether it be through a mission effort or through working with people near you. He wants to use you he wants to use you as a conduit to the people around him to bring others to Christ. May God bless you with strength and courage and boldness as we do this together. Thank you for your support of the college and other missions. But thank you also for your work in this community and the work in the lives of your neighbors and the people at school and the people at work that you come into contact with Thank you for taking the gospel to them. If you have any needs this evening, maybe you're sitting there, you're not a Christian, you're going, I don't even know what all this is about. Why are you taking this gospel somewhere else? And why is this so important? We're taking it other places. We're focusing on it because we believe with all of our hearts that God is the creator of the universe, that he sent his son Jesus Christ to live a life, a sinless life, to die on a cross and to be raised again on the third day, to send up into heaven, prepare a home for us, that each of us can go and live with him for eternity. We believe that with all our heart and all our beings. And if you want to be part of that, we'd love to talk to you. Whatever need you have this evening, won't you come as we stand and sing?